Hey folks, welcome to In Search of the Story. I am Olivia Vollerish. I'm not. I'm standing in for her again. <laughs> um, she is still out. Um, we'll say on assignment, and uh, we have a we have a special surprise for you today. This is not a two person conversation. This is a three person conversation. As always, Audrey Hepburn is with us. And hello, hello, hello. Marcus Stewart. I hope I got that right. It's a tricky name. It's pretty, yeah, I get just common misconceptions. People always write the name wrong when I go to Starbucks. It's just, you know, I'm used to it now. You know, you learn to live with it. Yep. So the three of us are going to talk about a very, this is going to be the most complicated, most in-depth conversation we've had about stories yet, because we're going to talk about the stories in fighting games. And whether or not they matter. Because if you played a fighting game, you probably already have an opinion. But a couple of them have surprised us. So we're going we're gonna to discuss that a little bit. But before we get too far, you guys already know Hepburn. But I'll let Marcus introduce himself and, and let you guys know who he is. Oh, wow. Well, hey, everyone. I'm Marcus Stewart. Hard to spell name. And yes, I'm a contributor for Gaming Historia. Um, kind of... Quickly, I've been a gamer since probably I was three or four. Um, I've played pretty much everything. I continue to try to play as much um, kind of different, like a breadth of genres as I can. Uh, Let's see, I have my own. been writing about games for about six years now, and I've written for a bunch of different outlets. I have my own website and podcast, and yeah, I'm just, uh, just a simple simple man that just likes to play games and, and chit chat about them for people and you're related to john stewart i take it yes yes that's awesome um he and i uh we go to SummerSlam every year and we sit at ringside um it, didn't john stewart get into wasn't he in wrestling doing a wrestling thing at some point yes actually he um not only was he in wrestling but he actually uh affected the outcome of a title versus title match involving John Cena. <laughs> so he played a, a significant part in wrestling Man. at one point. John Stewart was so good. I, I really hope Trevor <laughs> Noah can can get to that point. Because John Stewart was not good at the start. And yeah. Trevor Noah has not been great. But he's he's been significantly better. So I hope he hosted I hope a, he gets there. He hosted a battlefield event, so he must be doing something right. Oh he's a big gamer from what I can tell. Yeah um, apparently I didn't know that. <laughs> In, in last night's episode, he actually made a joke that it's like a storm in Fortnite closing in around you. Ah. Um, I was like, oh, shit, Trevor, you're dropping, you're dropping did he, all kinds of gaming stuff that your audience is probably too high to recognize right now. Did he kind of brush his uh, shoulder off after he said that? No, he actually, the one that he did, though, that he, that he might as well have is he, is he made a joke. And this is, not a, this is not a political statement. This is just saying a joke that he made. Is that Trump and and uh, Kim Jong Un were going to have to share a hotel room during their meeting, and he said we can sleep in the same room and we can sleep butt to butt, but that's it. Unless you pee, that's okay. <laughs> and it took it took everybody in the audience like a good three or four seconds for the joke to hit, and then and then just everybody lost it because of the pee tapes. Um, but at that one, he was even like, man, that one took everybody a little bit to get. And he just kind of smiled about it for a second and went on. So it was pretty <laughs> funny. So he did get a brush of shoulder one. But uh, but he makes a lot of game references. So I'm starting to watch The Daily Show more and more. And I don't care what you believe in politics. It's a funny show. 
Um, always has been. Still is. Without Jon Stewart, it's a little different. But we're talking about fighting games today, not the Daily Show. Um, <laughs> so, I guess let's let's get right into it. Um, since Marcus is the virgin on this podcast, yep. tell us tell us your, I guess your favorite fighting game. Not necessarily from story, but from a fighting game perspective. Uh, well, I guess this answer actually is going to be the answer to both of those. So my oh, okay. favorite fighting game franchise, and one of my Injustice favorite too. games franchises in general is Mortal Kombat. Okay. And a big reason for that is because of its story. It's I'm a fan of goofy, dumb crap. And <laughs> well, you're on the right website. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I enjoy just absurdity when it's good. And Mortal Kombat for me has always been um, one of the, the textbook definitions of great absurdity. It's a ridiculous kung fu death tournament involving multiple realms and different just crazy races and just the idea that they're to to set uh decide the fate of multiple worlds instead of just outright invading them which you know they do but in order to get the right to do that you have to win a, a fighting tournament like a martial arts tournament because one martial arts is a a like a universal thing across multiple dimensions basically so they're like okay yeah, i guess like math yeah, exactly. Like, like, or like guns. If you've played Mass Effect right. Andromeda, even in different galaxies, every, the basic concept of a firearm exists. Uh, right. And um, just it's 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 like a bloodier Dragon Ball Z. In that, like, like everyone knows how to fight. Everyone has different crazy powers. People die and come back to life on a near regular basis, probably rivaling the amount that Dragon Ball Z does it actually. And it's really gory and like on paper should be really dark but it kind of has a metal gear thing of managing to be really goofy but still taking itself seriously enough to where you care about what's going on it's a weird balance that very few fictions strike and mortal Kombat has always done it pretty pretty damn well and as a little kid uh discovering that series for the first time outside of the like over-the-top violence, that was the thing I took to, was like, oh, wow, there's actually a lot of thought put into this lore. Like, not only is it ridiculous, but there's a lot to it of like, okay, this realm exists, and they have these politics, and this this race lives here, and here's like a brief history of this race, and like, like here's how the balance of power works with like Shao Kahn taking over Katana's realm, Adenia, and like how he did it, and he's held it for this long, and just like, the continuity throughout each game of like, okay, you know, originally it was strictly around that tournament, but then the tournament aspect got thrown out the window and then it just became kind of a free for all, but still kind of managed to make sense. Um, at least make sense as much as you can in mortal Kombat, And even within the reboot, they like, it's a reboot, but it's still within the, the context of the fish. And so it's not a reboot really, because it's still, um, uses the original timeline to jump to explain why things have been reset, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a stupid, dumb fiction, but it's so good. And it's ridiculous, and it's absurdity and just ridiculousness. So, yeah, that's my number one. Did, did you play through Injustice 2? Yes, I have. 
Did you? Would you? Did you like their story? Yeah, did, I prefer the first Injustice's story. Um, okay. it it didn't stand out um, as anything. It it felt like a comic book, and you know, yeah. So like it did that well, but in terms of like standing out, it didn't really like do anything any more absurd than the average comic book. Mainly because comics, you know, it's kind of hard to top comic book absurdity. Right. So you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this feels right. This is as dumb as any comic book in a good way. Uh, especially that first game, but I did enjoy the the second Injustice story. Okay, it, uh, NeverSoft has been. I think they're the most consistent with with decent story and fighting games, which mm-hmm. I think is where we're going to end up, anyways. Is that they they probably do the best stories? But I was curious about that. So Hepburn, favorite fighting game, and then we'll get to story after after that unless it's the same for you as well that you can cover both um i'm trying to think and i don't think it's going to be the same because i can't think of a fighting game which i would say is my favorite story at the moment i am thinking about that but my all-time favorite fighting game franchise is soul Calibur. oh it's a a good call yeah i've always liked a lot of fighting games i find can start to feel stiff that was my problem with uh some of the modern mortal combats in justice when I tried them, it just felt too stiff. Like, I had no real movement control. And also, I've always been a fan of the fighting games that moved on a three-dimensional plane. So, back, right. forward, left, right, up, down. I've always really enjoyed those. And Soul Calibur gives you, like, the high movement, high-octane action. That's just kind of over-the-top and goofy. And uh, it's just really well-balanced in a lot of ways. And it just plays out really nicely. I've always had a lot of fun battling friends and all the characters play so differently so it becomes a lot of fun just duking it out and also they have a character customization which sadly hasn't been as good since soul Calibur 3 but god damn that yeah. shit's good but i think maxi and maxi's probably my favorite from that series with taki as a close second but i like taki for other reasons i like taki so, and maxi was yeah. just revealed for the new <laughs> soul it, Calibur. is the is the yeah. che- is the cheap answer to just go for keelik yeah, Keelix is actually a lot of fun, too. He's good, um, but I always feel bad picking him because everyone's like, oh, of I course he would pick Keelix. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I like choosing Maxi because he's good, but it's he's really good for button mashing because it's just, uh, oh, yeah. it's just the chucks are just flying everywhere. And it's like, you know, you get Chuck Taylors flying off of it, too. I mean, it's just anything that has Chuck in the name. He's swinging well, around I mean, like, like crazy, and it's it gets, it gets ridiculous. I'm very much excited about Six. But I'm gonna put Hepburn on the spot. Give me just a give me the elevator pitch of the story of Soul Calibur. <laughs> I'm interested in this too. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, because I don't I know. Ju- <laughs> I jumped in on Soul Calibur three, so I never played the the ones before that, other than like a demo for number two, I think. But uh, basically, it's uh, there's two swords that embody good and evil. And there are two warring sides, basically, on who controls both the swords, mainly Soul Edge, the evil one, and with that power, who can control the world. Wow, that's that's actually a much better take on the story than I expected. It's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, that was dead on. I don't necessarily... I mean, like, the, the story only started to go in-depth on, like, Soul Calibur Five, Unless you want to call Conquest Mode in Soul Calibur Three but that wasn't really so much the main storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Five was the first one that, like, they did, like, a legit kind of, like, 
kind of like Nether Realm style story mode. Like I feel like MK11 or MK. Did I call him NeverSoft earlier? Nether Realm. Nether. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I, think I ne- caught that, Neversoft. and then I for some reason let that slide of like NeverSoft. Is that the Tony? That's the Tony Hawk guys, right? Yeah, they're not around yeah. anymore. <laughs> Spider Man and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, and- Nether Realm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five. They did like the cinematic kind of like Nether Realm style story mode because that was five was the one where they um they set the fiction like a decade or two in the future where like the children of classic characters were fighters now. So they kind of like pretty much what MKX did, but not as good, at least to me. Um, but yeah, they had like straight up cutscenes and tried to tell a more direct narrative because in prior soul calibers, they kind of had, you know, like standard arcade. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the arcade kind of like classic thing where you just had the individual character things or like the complicated, like conquest thing with like the map or whatever, um, oh, I love that though. I so here. All right, since we're talking about, I love Soul Calibur. I it's weird. Like I love the fighting. It probably it might have the best like pure technical fighting next to maybe Street Fighter. But I enjoy their story the least. <laughs> oh, the story is so terrible. I want yeah. One I barely comprehend it, and then it's just not exciting to me. It kind of takes itself a little bit too seriously for my taste. Yeah, it, I agree. Yeah, it gets a little up its own ass at times. Yeah, with I, like the old school and the the hearts and souls and the the fire <laughs> of the competitor. Like they pretty much like take anything the narrator says at the beginning of each fight and then string them together into like a novel, and then that's basically the story. Right, that, that's the whole thing. Like they're trying to be cinematic. It's like yeah, it, but it, they do like weird stuff with Siegfried. Like he's a main character, then he's then so is a main character, and then Siegfried's a main character, and then it, I don't like I don't know who to follow. I don't know who I'm supposed to like. Like with Street Fighter, at least I know that I'm either Team Ryu or Team Ken. I mean, it's it's you know everybody else falls to the side because it's ultimately about them, and other people just get to join them. Plus, well, it's come on now. Soul Calibur is just Team Soul Calibur or Team Soul Edge. Like, vote on your sword. Yeah, but I don't know which which characters are which. Like, I like. Yeah, is Siegfried which side is he on? Siegfried is Soul Calibur. He actually has Soul Calibur. But yeah. didn't he it's get corrupted soul- by Soul Edge in one of them? Yeah. Yeah, in Soul Calibur two, he was basically Nightmare. Well, he yeah. was being corrupted to become Nightmare, but he was freed somehow because I never played two. I don't know. I think it was Sophia. got Soul Calibur. Sophia, I think freedom or something. She had something to do with one of them. I don't. Yeah. That's the thing is it's so convoluted. <laughs> Siegfried's basically <laughs> the Green Ranger, where he started. Right. He was evil, and then he became the White Ranger when he got Soul Calibur. Okay, so here's the thing with Soul Calibur that gets even more convoluted. If you go into Soul Calibur four, they have like a graph that connects all the characters together. And it's such a mishmash of shit. You can't even follow it. Yeah, it's literally a, f- a spider web. It's like I'm trying to figure out the story. This makes no sense. Still it's, delivering it's it. It's got right like to a me. loop from Siegfried to Siegfried. It's like his story is connected to his story. Really? Well, it's like it'll it'll have like all the character portraits, and then they'll just start branching off, pointing at each other, and it it's literally just a web of like arrows coming around in circles, and there's like three different colored arrows for stuff, and it's like okay, I I'm, I, I don't even understand this now. Like, I don't have a master's degree in this, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And to be fair, like, other fighting games, and I think maybe all fighting games have kind of convoluted stories. I think that's just kind of the nature of fighting games, especially the longer-running ones. Like, Tekken has an absurd, ridiculous storyline. Oh, it's stupid. (laughs) 
but oh, I want the new ones so bad. The though. difference is that Soul Calibers isn't interesting enough to make me want to make sense of it. Like, whereas I understand Tekken's storyline because it's entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know about. I, it. I feel I like I'm like, watching like the so, worst martial arts movie ever with that one. Oh, it, oh, it's just like a bunch of dumb anime crap, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of anime, have you seen the new Soul Calibur? Jeez, that's anime. Oh, like you mean six? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, the, so? the, the whole like transformations. Like oh, the no, there, there, there's a running anime joke of Keelik being an anime character because he just oh. randomly turns into a demon for his special move. Oh, I'm good with that. I was gonna say, isn't Keelik? I mean, I always took him as like a reference to like the kind of monkey king. That's yeah. like it, the classic Japanese like journey yeah, to well, the west thing. Yeah, that's Keelik, exactly. Who he is. Even though I don't think that like plays into his actual. Or if I remember correctly, doesn't isn't his staff like a demon thing or something? Like it's like magic. Is it? Okay, well, Keelik and the new character grow. They have like a demon personification that they can go into. Yeah. So everyone keeps making the anime joke. Like if you they did an auction tournament and uh whenever someone played Keelik and they went into the demon form for this special, they're like, Oh, he just went all anime, yo. <laughs> You're like, there it That's is. That's interesting. He starts getting yeah. he's gonna have like a teardrop come down his face when he gets like embarrassed. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have the little sweat on the side of his head. When a, also, his hair. a beautiful girl, he has to fight like tacky yeah. and he does like the classic nosebleed. Man, I, if they're gonna go all anime with it, like I've so I've been just kind of bouncing animes and I I started watching Fairy Tale. And I've talked about it before. I know you guys hate um that I watched dubbed, you know the. Oh, I watched dubbed the American stuff. That's I only watched dubbed. The fairy tale, <laughs> fairy tale is so much fun, man! It's such a goofy, over the top show. But the um, the main character, oh my god, uh, not Natsu, like put him in Street Fighter, man! I will go nuts if if they put Natsu into Street Fighter, because or into Soul Calibur because he is. He doesn't use a weapon, but he doesn't need to. Like the fight scenes with him, they they make you get excited. It's it's very comic book style, um, hmm. very very wrestling style. You know, he's knocked down. You think he's dead, and then he's like, "Oh no, I'm now I'm really fired up." And he's back up, and he comes back with <laughs> even more strength. And he's, you know, but what what fuels him is it's all about being part of a magic guild. And there's all these different guilds that are fighting. But what fuels him is any time that somebody's screwing with Fairy Tale, which is the name of the guild, or anybody in it, then all of a sudden he just goes like full on Berserker Barrage, like Wolverine, nice. and can go up against anything. Like it's it's incredible, man. Like, it's it's actually a really good show. Um, if you're somebody who's oh I don't like fan service or I don't like breasts all over the place, well, don't watch it because there's no nudity, but all the women are well endowed um just about all of them since you and they make jokes about it too hmm. since you just brought up wolverine can i ask if either of you two played uh marvel's capcom infinite's story mode i did I... that shit is goofy as hell and i loved it because of how goofy it was but there was no way i was going in there taking it serious and i don't know why anyone did well, my thing with it was that it felt like it was taking itself too seriously for how goofy the premise was. Like, I was kind of disappointed in it because of that, because I was, like, playing it, and I'm like, oh, you know, just inherently the idea of these two universes colliding is just dumb. 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, this is going to be really silly. But they try to ground it in a way, like they try to make sense of it in a way that I never wanted from that series. <laughs> and I don't know, like I was surprised at how kind of like, oh, like this is this is kind of like cheesy because I think they're trying to make this a like a dire situation and it's it's really I'm it's not doing it for me <clears throat> yeah I think I played like the first half hour or so and I was like nah I'm good yeah. this is this isn't gonna work yeah. some of the writing for the characters were like like God Dante awful. was one that stood out to me of like him saying stuff that felt on like out of character for him well I think what killed killed it for me was the art style like I yeah I mean especially with <laughs> Thor like Thor is one of my all-time favorites mm-hmm Thor and Captain America, and Captain America they did okay, but Thor, I, just something with how they did, he just looks horrible, and it it took me out of it. I couldn't keep on playing it because it just looks so weird. Yeah, I mean the the, the pre-release one, of course, like Chun Li was a big one. Gamora looked weird. Uh, Dante, uh, I know they fixed. I think Chun Li, she still looked kind of weird, but better. They, but... they never fully looked good, but yeah, some of them look pretty weird. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a fan of the art style in general. It just seems like it's fine technically, but it it doesn't have the the sheer flair that the other three games had, especially three, which had the cool kind of like comic booky look to it. And yeah. this game, it just looks like any other game. Which it looked like they were trying to do a mixture of of the originals and Street Fighter V's art style and combine it mm-hmm. of kind of this. Because Street Fighter V has a very unique art style, and you know everybody has more muscles than are actually in the human body. Mm. You got to be and, a world warrior to get those muscles. Yeah, and you know the like huge hands and small heads and over, <laughs> you know everything's just a little bit out of proportion. And it it seemed like they tried to mix some of that artsy, unique flair with the comic look of Marvel vs. Capcom's older ones and it just didn't it didn't hit i don't know what happened with it but the but art s- just killed me on it but mm. sadly i think marvel versus capcom infinite has some of the best fighting mechanics i've seen in a game in a very long time like just playing the f- like the actual fighting in that game was really fucking good yeah art aside and everything is one of the best fighters out there and because of its shitty art it lost a lot of potential that it could have had yeah, that among yeah, other so. the other things like not having the X Men and a few other weird decisions, right? So let, let me let me drop my favorite game and then we'll get into to the stories, our favorite stories, uh, outside of Marcus who's already hit that one. The fighting game I've I've been in love with since it originally launched in the arcades was Dead or Alive, and I. <laughs> I do not love Dead or Alive for the reason that some people pick up every Dead or Alive, even though the the costumes and the girls and all that stuff are great in it. But what I really, really loved about Dead or Alive was it was the first game that it felt like just raw fighting. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of over-the-top stuff. And Virtua Fighter was my other one. I played those two you know, back and forth. Dead or Alive was always just a little bit more fluid. And, and once the counter system came in, it felt very much like a mind game um, of, you know, trying to bait attacks so you could counter them and and having to mix it up so that you can't counter them. And I know that works in other fighting games as well. It just worked for me the most in Dead or Alive. And 
And I've loved the Dead, every single Dead or Alive game they put out. Dead or Alive 3 was the game I played the most. Um, whenever that launched, I was playing it like four hours a day at least of just practicing over and over and over because I just I had to be the best at Dead or Alive because I loved it so much. And I was working at GameStop at the time and a, a couple guys came in and they were talking about the game and I was talking about it and they were saying how they play it all the time and they're so great and blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, cool, well, you guys should come up and um, we'll play one evening uh, right before the store closes. We'll have extra people here. So they did, and I was beating them perfect. Like, every single game, I was letting them... I had them choosing my character, and I was just crushing them in it because they weren't countering. So I just sat back and countered all their stuff. And uh, so, so they were getting pissed, and they... There were customers that were sometimes difficult. Not always, but sometimes difficult. And I was like, this is my way to get him back. And uh, so, so one of the other guys that was working with us, he's like, just turn around and beat him. And I was like, you think so? And I said, yeah, all right, fine. So I turned around. I said, just tell me which character you choose for me and we'll play. And so I was not facing the screen. We just turned up the sound so I could hear it. Because I didn't realize I played it that much that all the different attacks i knew the sounds of them as well and, and i didn't beat them perfect i mean they were close fights but i still was beating them without looking and these guys were pissed but the, i've never been that good at any game ever since it was that's that's the best I've ever been at a game and i probably couldn't have gone tournament play but against these guys it was just a blast and i absolutely have always loved the dead or life series just because how fluid it is and how grounded it is outside of the fact that sometimes you fall off a mountain and then you get up and sleep, you know, still fight. But the fighting itself feels <laughs> like, do. yeah, the fighting itself, though, you know, there's there's not fireballs. There's not, you know, spinning kicks or dragon uppercuts or anything. You know, it's just you beat the crap out of each other with different martial arts. And it makes it a lot of fun. I've, I've always loved the Dead or Alive series. Hmm. The story, on the other hand, couldn't tell you. There's a Dead or Alive tournament. And Helena has to run it now because her dad's not running it. And it's part of a bigger plan. And then Zach goes off to start a beach volleyball island. And the girls end up having a good time there together. And then they go back to beating the crap out of each other because they don't like each other. Whatever. It's it's just a convoluted mess. Hmm. And the story's horrible. But it's it's a great game. Where does Ryu Hayabusa play into the story? And it's not Ryu Hayabusa. It's Ryu from uh, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, because I oh oh because I don't I'm actually like I don't really play Dead or Alive all that much, but I know he's like part of that world sort of kind of right. Like yeah, so (laughs) it was all Tecmo, and it was uh, what was the guy's name that designed it? Oh, uh, the cocky dude. uh, uh, Yeah. uh, Oh. Jeez, I'm, lo- I'm blanking on Mark faced. I, I did uh, his last it. game was the Devil's Third. It wasn't very good. Um, right, I'm blanking on him too. <laughs> yeah, but but the guy who originally created it all, Tecmo. Yeah, Itagaki. Yeah. Uh, uh, whatever, Itagaki. So for the first Dead or Alive, Ryu. I think Ryu was in that. Um, yeah, he's been in a few. I think he's been in every single one. Um, like, is it, conf- is it f- like, canon that Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive take place in the same universe? 
Yes, because Rachel is in Dead or Alive 5. So is... Um, Ayami, one of the ninjas? Is uh, yeah, Ayami and Ryu. Those three are all in Dead or Alive 5. Okay. It's and kind, so it's... It's kind of like a weird, like, how Yoshimitsu's in Tekken and Soul Calibur, <clears throat> and they're, like, linked. Like, it's it's suggesting that both of those are in the same universe as well. Yeah, exactly. They have... They have some crossover and it's it's in the same universe um but in ninja gaiden they never reference any of the dead or alive stuff but in dead or alive they reference some of the the ninja gaiden stuff but in in the story the a lot of the stuff that happens is very character based um i think dead or alive 3 probably had the best story it was it was a little bit more grounded a little bit easier to follow um but Almost all of them have been pretty much the same story, and it's all just over the top and weird. But it's ultimately about uh, Ayani and Kasumi, and um, oh, what's his name? The the he's had two different names. Um, let me get his let me get his current name because I just I just blanked on it for some reason. For being such a big fan, I shouldn't have blanked on it. Um, <laughs> Let's see. So, so you have there's a lot of individual stories where I, which are actually pretty decent. Like Jin Fu is fighting to get a, um, like a cure for his granddaughter who's sick. Um, Hayate, he's he's the brother of Kasumi, and Ayane is trying to kill. Or is or is having Ayane Kasumi leaves her her clan and then Ayane has to go chase her and reuse part of that clan and then Ayane's been um, cloned and that's where you get the alphas and Fame Douglas is the guy who runs the whole thing which is Helena's father and so Helena is now running it because he's missing and you know then there's some other characters that they don't have as big of a story in it like Hitomi and Jan Lee and stuff. They, they have their reasons for fighting, but they're more in there because they're good stuff. But, uh, Dead or Alive 5 took some steps forward in the story modes because you actually played through little story snippets of each character. Um, but it still didn't do a whole lot. And with the, with the Street Fighter, with the Virtua Fighter crossovers with Pi and Akira, uh, or, um, yeah, uh, Akira and who was the other one? There was one more that they crossed over, I think. Um, I know it was Pi and Akira came over from Virtua Fighter with no explanation. And oh, uh, Samus was in one of them? Samus? Yeah. Like. Like Metroid Samus? Hold on. That's I. I do not remember Samus ever being in a Dead or Alive. But it's saying was there like Alive characters? Was there like a GameCube entry maybe? And was she like a guest character? I don't remember that at all. But oh, Sarah Bryant and Jackie Bryant are the other two Virtua Fighter characters. Um, And then they have Shadow Man. I know that. uh, Oh, they did have. Spartan four five eight was in the Xbox version. Oh, that's right. Um, so maybe maybe Samus was in the 
in a GameCube version, but I don't remember it being on GameCube. Maybe it I was. feel like that would be the only like console generation because like uh, there wasn't an entry for the Wii. I don't think. No. And I can't. And I don't. I don't even know if there was one for Wii U. Like I feel like GameCube because Prime was going on at that time. It seems like the console where it would make sense in terms of like Samus's popularity to like throw her in her. Let me. I'm gonna look it up because. Dead or Alive Dimensions for 3DS. Okay. But maybe... That's the that's the one they're saying she's in. Yeah. But she seems I played that co- and I didn't remember her. Yeah, she seems too covered up, too, for that series. Oh, I'm sure they she, should She's literally wearing a suit of armor, I mean. Yeah, I'm sure she comes out of A that. full body suit underneath it. <laughs> oh, yeah, the gargoyle was also uh, on a stage Gar- in Dimensions. Like Gar- uh, from Gargoyle's Quest? Oh, I thought of, like, Goliath from the Gargoyle's cartoon. <laughs> No, I I can't even. So it says a Metroid cameo. Oh, so she's just a cameo in it. Um, Dimensions. Oh, there's a stage that she comes in as a little ball uh, in her ball form and explodes, which then can hurt people. Okay, gotcha. Mm. And then I think it's the Capcom um, Gargoyles Quest, or maybe it's maybe it is um, Firebrand. Yeah, I think this is. Maybe maybe it's the gargoyle from something else though. Ridley. Um oh it's Ridley. Oh, okay. It's it's not the gargoyle. So yeah, so those are the guest characters are the, the Bryants and then Apuno from Cosmo Guards. Or is one of the Cosmo Guards? What's Apuno from? He's another Nintendo character. Apuno. Or no, he's a Tecmo character, um, that's shown up in the all-star series and then he was in his own Wii game called Apuna but he makes a, a guest appearance in, in one of the stages on Better Life Dimensions 2 so they they do like fun little crossovers in there all the time but the main cast has has grown and changed some but I mean they they have a really strong cast with characters like and, and the cool thing is as much as people hound on the game for being you know like so over the top with the women the the male characters are absolutely fantastic yeah. brad wong if you play drunken fighting style with him oh my god it's so much fun yeah um so it's it's a very good game stories not all that much there's there's an overall story about the yate clan or the uh mugen clan um but and, and that plays out a little bit in the ninja gaiden series but that's that's about as far as it goes. It's it's not much deeper than that. Okay. So, that is my favorite fighting game and my little fun story about one of the reasons. So, all right. Well, Hubburn, you didn't give us your favorite story, so hit that. Uh, see, that's rough because I don't know too many fighting games that deliver stories so well. Um, I'd probably say, as you probably expect, Robot Alchemic Drive. It's a weird fighting game, but it's a fighting game nonetheless. And it has this, like, really cheesy, delivered anime style with all the bad voice acting and everything for the story. Oh. And... Is that yeah. the mech game? Like, yeah. It's, like, the acronym is straight up rad. Yeah. Robot Alchemic oh. Drive. That's a fighting uh, game? Considered, yeah. I mean, oh. like, if you think about it, you are just fighting one other person. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. It's, it's just not a traditional fighting game. That's cop-out-ish, but we'll, we'll allow it, I guess. Oh boohoo! <laughs> Check the That's tip. a little bit of a cop <laughs> challenge. Yeah. Challenge the play. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about that one. I think there's a flag on this play. Um, we'll give you. The, oh wait, 
FIFA World Cup's coming up. Yellow card, sir. Yellow card. I had to get FIFA in. I almost didn't. Um, so it's a yellow card for that answer because okay. I'm not sure. Um, I would say probably my favorite story was Injustice 2. I just thought they did really, really well with the the idea of, of Superman losing it and carrying on the you know the comic and actually making it happen for real and it felt real and and, and they they tried to throw in the emotion of Batman and Superman there at the very end of it where they have their little conversation like I wish things could have been different and stuff mm-hmm. trying to get you to tear up it was not that good of a story but it was good enough that you're like yeah I I, I can see how these two guys don't want to fight but they're gonna have to and yeah it was. It was a very, very good story as far as fighting games go, and it's it's probably my favorite story in a fighting game that yeah that I can remember. Um, Who did you side with? Uh, I did both, but the first one I sided with Batman because why not? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, and I can go on for for hours about Batman because the guy is a, a psycho. The guy has all kinds of issues. He is. He is probably... I, I would say that he's actually one of the biggest villains in DC because he hasn't really helped anybody. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, like, captured guys and then put them in a prison that he knows that they're going to get out of. I mean, he, but, he I mean, hopes they don't. He's like, hopefully this well, time for sure. Yeah, well, I'm sure he hoped that his parents were still alive, but it didn't change anything. He could... He, he could just use his money to like maybe improve Arkham. Like, hey, we need to update Arkham with some better cell doors. And <laughs> yeah, let's put locks like on the doors secu- this time. Maybe replace maybe. all the guards with like <laughs> robots or something. Yeah, like- it's. It, I just. I think the dude is. I think Batman is. And and one of my best friends in the world, Batman is is his boy. He loves Batman more than anything else. And I hate that I say this, but I think Batman is one of the characters that is not aged with with comics that well even though there's been some great stories like the killing joke and uh old man batman uh whatever that was called like those have been great stories but most of the time they're great stories because of the joker or because of the villains like the villains have always been good but batman's just a a lunatic and you know they've they finally redone some some of the superman stuff so he doesn't just have an answer to everything that comes up like oh i need heat vision i've never used it but i'll I've had it this whole time. Thank mm-hmm. goodness that I just remembered, you know. But now they've made him much less of a god and a little bit more human. And so Superman's a little bit better, but I've never been a big DC fan. So I wasn't really tied to either one whenever it came down to the choice. Mm. <clears throat> Did you- but I, I, I felt Batman was a fun one to go with first because I knew that would give me the quote-unquote good ending. Mm. So, you know. Also, but Batman's a, a psycho. Also, to add on to that whole Batman being a villain thing, isn't from what it seems like, because I'm not a big uh, superhero comic fan, he just kind of tells all the other superheroes what to do, and then he just argues with them until they do what he wants them to do. Well, he he does that, and then he also put like the dude should be in prison. Yeah. His child endangerment. He, he, how many the, kids have died he, under his watch? <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, well, one for sure. So one and a half. Uh, one for sure, but then he came back to life. <laughs> right. So we have like one and a half, I think, that have died under his watch. Well, Damien died, and then I think he came back too. And that one was worse because that was like his legit like blood 
son. Yeah. <laughs> and that actually made him a psychopath for a while where he was like, he, had, he was so like sad and depressed with himself that he was like legit, like just maiming criminals, like worse than he normally would. Like he was like right. borderline killing them and like all the other like bat people, like, you know, like Nightwing and Backer had to like kind of like inter- do an intervention. Of, like, dude, we know you're like, we know you're mourning, but you can't keep doing this to people. <laughs> Yeah, like Nightwing, I love. I love Nightwing. I've I've always liked the first Robin, and you know whenever they did Teen Titans and then uh, uh, what was uh, Young Justice? Yeah. Like so, so that t- show t- was done so well. Yep, and and Young Justice was brilliant. Um, and how they handled Nightwing and Young Justice was was awesome. So I mean, they Aqualad was awesome in that as well. Like those are probably two of the best written comic book characters is the the dynamic between robin and aqualad of you know how aqualad technically is a prince but he doesn't really want to take over but then he's forced into it and he becomes this you know really good leader and then you have batman over there going hey i'm looking for an eight-year-old who wants to risk his life life every day as i don't hurt criminals and it's just oh batman oh my god if you can ride (laughs) if you can ride a bike you can fight crime yeah. And and you should be able to live at least through a few story arcs and then we'll kill you off. And then you'll come back as somebody cool. Yeah. And, so uh, the death is worth it, really. Yeah, I mean it's you know, fine. Like, things always got Yeah. Things you know, things gotta get worse before they get better. That's what they say. I mean Red Red Hood's pretty Red Hood's a pretty badass character and that wouldn't have happened if Batman wasn't such an irresponsible adult. Um, <laughs> or if Jason Todd wasn't such a insubordinate little shit as well. Yeah, but the, that's the blame's but, kind of on him too. <laughs> hey, but that he, he was trying to save his mom. I mean, wouldn't you do it too if your mom was in in trouble and you'd been trained by the bat? You'd be like, oh, I can handle this. Oh shit, I can't. <laughs> well, true, but also in real life, the fans voted for him to die because they were tired of. I know they were tired of his crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's funny. Um, so, okay. So, yeah, but... And that's one of the things I liked about Injustice is, is I got to get in there and beat the shit out of Batman a whole lot, which <laughs> has been a lifelong dream, which which I did quite a bit. With Supergirl, of all characters, because she was my favorite because I just like teleporting back and forth and pissing people off while they were learning the game. And <laughs> then uh, once once people started figuring that out, then I, I stopped playing it as much because <laughs> so, I wasn't good. Would it, is it okay to ask um, like what everyone's like kind of like least favorite fighting game stories are or like just ones that aren't so hot in general yeah let's make a quick mention that we're not going to talk about uh the anime base like the the bleach fighting games naruto fighting games because they basically just tell the story of the of the animes which are great so we're skipping over those their stories are fine if you like those yeah uh those particular shows the I remember, uh, remember that game Marvel Nemesis: Rise of the Imperfects. Yep, for the PS2. Yeah, I played. Yeah, a, so I played. A, yeah. I played the beginning of that a lot on the Xbox because I kept borrowing it from a friend. Yeah, I was a dumb child. I remember child. being kind of excited because I, I, I'm a comic guy. I've always been more of a Marvel guy. Even I do, I do like yeah, DC though. Um, so I was like, oh, that's cool. Like they made up this whole other like cast of characters to like interact with this you know established fiction that, sh- that sounds like a cool idea and like playing esther i was like oh no actually this is terrible <laughs> this isn't very good um mainly because like the other like the imperfects were very well written and kind of lame and i was like oh man i was hoping these guys would be 
I didn't think they would be cooler than the Marvel guys, but at least maybe like just cool enough. And like, oh no, they all kind of suck. <laughs> so that's a random one that jumps out at me in terms of like, I guess like a, a story concept that on paper sounded kind of cool and then didn't pan out so great. Yeah, I don't know if there's a, a fighting game that I didn't like the story because it was worse than other stories or, or if they were just... I mean, because I, I go back to... One of my favorite fighting games back in the day was Battle Arena Toshinden, but I don't even remember a story in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... It was... Filth. Yeah. I mean, it was just nothing. Yeah. Um, like Smash Brothers story. Yeah. Whatever. Same thing. It barely exists, but... <laughs> like, I don't like the Tekken story. I think the Tekken story is just way too complicated, but I... I but, it's, what's, but I don't expect much out of it. What is complicated about a father or a family that likes to throw each other into volcanoes and off cliffs? <laughs> right. So, I mean, so, so the, the that devils. part of it is clear. <laughs> it's pretty. But then it goes into just craziness. It's a very straightforward and, tale. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I just think it's a, a, I think some dude just had like, he wrote down a bunch of different words on a piece of paper threw him into a bag and just picked out the ones he could get. And it was like, child, volcano, demons, family. And he's like, well, shit. He's I like, guess that's the story of Tekken now. <laughs> well, I mean, it works. It's worked for seven games. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I didn't get butterflies and cupcakes because that would have been a weird fighting game. He's like, oh, there's um, that one weird time I drew Ogre. I guess I had to put that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know why, but it'll go in there. Um, I don't know. I, I mean... And second story isn't bad. Blaze Blue's not bad. Uh, Dead or Alive is average. I mean, most of these yeah. games are just. Um, we're kind of skipping man. over the big one. We haven't talked about Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the one. So I've been playing Arcade Edition. That's actually what got us talking about this in the first place because I think they're. So the story is, is still decent. I haven't actually played through the entire uh, story content yet. Yeah. Um, but from what I'm playing, it's actually. For a fighting game, it's not a terrible story. Mm-hmm. It's it's not great, but it's decent. And and one of the cool things they did about it, or with it, is you also have like four fight individual character stories that kind of link to the overall story whenever you play through the full story. And it has the cinematic cutscenes and some cool stuff that that leads into fights. And the one problem I have with it is you know who's supposed to win because that's who you who they make you play as in the story. And I would be fine if if Guile's supposed to lose, and you make it so I cannot win that fight, and I lose as Guile. Like, mm-hmm. l- let me stick with Guile's storyline for a little bit longer instead of playing these bad guys who are beating him up. Um, so th- they've done really well with that. And what I didn't realize is they they I downloaded the free DLC for it also, which is a free DLC story. I did not realize that that is a story that connects Street Fighter Five to Street Fighter Third Impact. Or Street Fighter Three, which is the final game in the series right now. So Street Fighter Three is actually farther in the future than Street Fighter Five. Yeah, which I didn't know because I've never really followed the Street Fighter stories. But Street Fighter Five has has handled the story pretty well from what I've done so far, and uh, you know, the, going against Shadow Lou and all this stuff. And and I know because Street Fighter Three doesn't have Bison in it that. It's something's going to happen, and something's going to happen to Shadow Shadowloo. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they have a water park called Waterloo. Um, it's a history joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, 
If, it's uh, famous in Psychonauts, you get to go to Waterloo if you play the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's been good so far. I've, I've enjoyed what I've played, but I'm I'm still not blown away. Yeah, um, I, I feel I'm like, like I, I need to play more. I feel like I fell in love with Street Fighter or fell out of love with Street Fighter story. Like when I was a kid, I loved it. Um, like you know the Street Fighter Two era. I think because it was relatively simple and easy to follow. So like okay, these are the clear good guys and these are the clear bad guys. And it also helped with all the expanded stuff, like the the cartoon show that was on at the time. I used to love, and then the the and the both movies, the the not great live action one, and then the much better um, animated one. Um, I used to watch those a lot, so it just kind of like reinforced that fiction in my mind of like, okay, I know what this is. And then three came along and got really weird. <laughs> and yeah, I like three as a fighting game, but story wise, I remember not really being into it of like. This, it's so separate from like what two was, and then four, you know, was the four was where the timeline got kind of weird because that was set um, in between two and three. I don't know if I played four at all. Actually, I think I skipped four completely. Okay, yeah, four. I played the crap because four was kind of like the return to form for that series because it had been so long since a new Street Fighter, and kind of four, at least to me, I consider the game that reinvigorated the fighting game genre as it is now in the same way that right. Street, Street Fighter 2 started it to kind of begin with. And, like, I remember 4 stories, like, okay, I kind of get what's going on here. Like, it's simple, but I, it had been so long since, like, I played a Street Fighter game. And then I've not played 5 yet, but I remember being kind of, like, annoyed because 5 kind of was the same thing. Like, okay, it's... it's it, We're still kind of messing the, the numbers of, like, this is not the latest. It's in between... I think it's even before four. Actually, I think it's like, unless I'm right, pretty sure I thought I heard is it, like it's before four, so it's in between two and four. But so three, yeah, three is still the the latest chronologically. So so four <laughs> comes after five. I believe so. Oh, I thought I thought or, it went. I I thought it went two, four, five, three. I could be wrong. I, did, I maybe I'm wrong. You might be right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could look up. What is the? Uh, I'll look it up while you guys continue. Um, yeah. I still need to play Street Fighter Five. I've not like even touched it at like friends' houses or anything. Um, it's good, man. Like if you get it, we can we can start fighting each other because I'm terrible at it, but it's still fun. Yeah, a lot um, of it had to do with the way it launched, like it launching pretty much incomplete and not having a story mode. I'm very big on like arcade and story modes and fighting games, so not having that at the bat was kind of a deal breaker. And then by the time it all of that did get in, like I got swept up in other fighters, so like they missed that initial excitement window. Um, so yeah, I would like to pick it up now at some point. It's, We'll see, because I did. I played the crap out of four. Like I bought four like two or three times. Five. <laughs> so. Five's been great. I I always pick Jean Claude Van Damme whenever playing it with my wife. Um, Good old Jean Claude. Yep. So okay. So here's here's apparently the order: Street Fighter, Street Fighter Alpha Two, oh, Street Alpha Fighter Alpha Three, right. <laughs> Street Fighter Two Turbo, Ultra Street Fighter Four, Street Fighter. Three Second Impact, Street Fighter Three Third Strike, and then Street Fighter Five falls in between uh, Street Fighter Two and Street Fighter Four. Oh, so I was right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no. It falls in between. It fall. It, it says Street Fighter Five comes after Street Fighter Four. Oh, okay. No. But before Street Fighter Three. So I said that wrong. It's gotcha. it's Street Fighter Three. 
third strike. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. It's Street Fighter 2 Turbo, or Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Ultra Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 5, Street Fighter 3 Second Impact, Street Fighter 3 Third Impact, and then that's the end of the story up to right now. Very clear and easy to um, decipher lineage. Yeah, so once I finish <laughs> the Street Fighter Five story, what I'm probably going to do is pick up the 30th anniversary and play it in chronological order and see if the story makes sense. Yeah, it should come with a Soul Calibur flowchart. Connecting yeah, them. no kidding. My, my guess is it will not make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> the, the only things that I know about Street Fighter is Ryu and Ken are both trained by the same guy. Uh, in Street Fighter 1, Ryu fights Sagat and then uppercuts him and burns his chest, even though he doesn't do the fiery uppercut, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so and sl- then, slums. yeah, and then Dan showed up. And then, <laughs> I like how Dan is the next point of reference. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's in there somewhere. He's a yeah. very integral character. And then there's there's like Tomahawk and or T Hawk and a whole bunch of cool alpha characters DJ. that then don't ever show up again. DJ who is awesome. Where and Fei Long. Are the EX games canon? Like remember those those three D PS one games? Oh no, no, I think that they're not even mentioned at Capcom. Like, I don't uh, think they yeah, even talk about. They them. didn't. Yeah, it's, no, Skullmania is not canon. No, I think they they held those out. So, um, and then I guess the rest of the story is Ken and Ryu like had their like their their rivalry through part of it. And then Ryu decides he's going to go become the greatest, and Ken then decides he's going to like live the high life as an American fighter. And yeah, because he's rich. Then he's, yeah, and then he's like trying to hook back up with Ryu to be buddies or something, and then... He marries his girlfriend. Get, yeah, and then you end up with Dudley. That's right. And then he got, he got beat... <laughs> He got beat by Rufus, the fat guy that got introduced in four, and then Rufus took his title as the best fighter in America, and they started a rivalry. I remember that. And then Rufus is not in five. Is he? Oh, or he, he, is, he is. Isn't he now? Did they DLC out him? No, nope, oh. he is. Uh, he has not made it yet. Cody and Sakura. That's right. And that we forgot. Yeah, final fight is also kind of weirdly part of this fiction. Sort yeah, of, sort of, kind of. So I, almost all the final fight characters now in there, except for Hagar, which is unfortunate. He's too busy um, being the mayor. I, well, but Cody's the mayor now. Oh, that's a crazy thing. Yeah, is like, in, in Street Fighter Five, Cody like comes out and like he's all dapper. He's wearing like a see? a vest and a and rolled up sleeves, and he's in a suit and stuff, and he fights that way. And I'm like, fuck, you haven't played Cody like this. That's good. Glad his criminal background didn't hold him back from pursuing his 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 dreams. Right. No, not at all. His po- um, political aspirations. Well, but he was framed though, right? So, yeah, it's, he must it's, it's have been still exonerated. A, it's still a record. Yeah, but I maybe you know people are gonna still think things about him. So you know, he, I'm had, he say, had to overcome that hurdle. I'm gonna say Hagar exonerated him, and then something <laughs> happened to Hagar. Hagar, Hagar pardoned him. Yeah, and, and Hagar said he could pardon himself if he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, "I'm the mayor. I can pardon He's myself." He's like, "Listen, I go I around do. beating up. Pe- I I deal out vigilante justice when I'm not in this in right. this office, and I just pardon myself for it. So it's okay." Yes, yeah, the closest thing they have to Hagar is like Alex, I guess. 
Alex is kind of his replacement. And now Nikali, I don't know what his story is. Or this Fang guy, which is terrible. And then they added... I will say Street Fighter Five. I do not like what they're doing with Rashid. Because he seems like a really, really cool character. He's the... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where he's from. He's he's Arabic. I think he's new. Um, I think he's debuted in Five. He, he did, but the, in the story so far, he's been comic relief. Oh, okay. And it's it's like, really? This dude's like... Is he, is he's he, super cool looking. Is he good comic relief? Is he, um, is he, is he funny? He's, he's kind of... He's almost anime comic relief. Like, there's a big scene going on between Fang, which is, I don't know, some kind of freaking nature. I don't know what the story is with him, because... <laughs> He's got like this super skinny face and long yeah. head and stuff. He's that weird. Um, I remember him. Yeah, but Guile and uh, who is it? It's Guile, Chun Li, and who's who's the other person? Oh, and Cammy are all there talking because they just fought some of the Shadow Boo people, and in the middle of the conversation, then Rashid shows up in the background he's like hey guys and you know he's like waving around and stuff he's like hey i need to talk to you and he's like he falls over kind of a little bit and he does all <laughs> these kind of goofy movements and he's like hey i'm still here i'm trying to talk and it's like <laughs> like, <"Whoa." laughs> like, like the, I, I mean where's the banana pill for this guy at this point like it's, the slide whistle when he's falling and <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's really bizarre and uh so he, he doesn't fit in too much yet but i guess as i play more i I do like that they brought Nash back, or Charlie. Yeah, you know, from the original right. games. They, they somehow made that. He's all cyborg-like and jacked up, and so there's going to be a really good story between. I, I'm hoping the story between Guile and Charlie is really good because, at the beginning, you have pre-dead Charlie and Guile hanging out, mm-hmm. and then and then now Charlie's showing up. It's actually the last thing I played was. Yeah. Charlie showing up as an android, basically. Charlie should just and, be like the Street Fighter equivalent of Red Hood. Yeah, I, it, that seems kind of like what they might be doing with him. He's he's going back and forth between the whoever is controlling him and remembering who he is. Oh, and, oh, so he's like the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that yeah, he is very much the Winter Soldier so far. So, um, Granted, I haven't played all the way through, so I don't know Charlie's full story, and I'm not going to read it before I play it, because I am enjoying the Street Fighter story. They, they've they done a good job with it. It's not going to win any awards. They're probably going to make a movie out of it again, because Hollywood's going to run out of ideas soon. Why not? And yeah, it Can't and, be worse than the last one. <laughs> no, and really, I mean, they, they have a Chun-Li solo movie, so why not start making solo movies for every single character? Yeah. Because um, the Chun-Li one was fantastic. If. Oh, you liked it? No. Oh yeah, I was, I was trying to. <laughs> it was, it was fantastic irony. if you're a masochist. <laughs> I was trying to see like was there irony in that statement? Or? Oh yeah, it, that, that was terrible. Um, okay. I actually forget. But yeah, that, I always forget that movie exists. That's oh, all. dude, it's a mess. Actually, I'm gonna send you guys the picture of Cody real quick so you can get a quick reaction because he's he's not out yet. Um, and then I think we're almost to the uh, to the finish line of this one. Um, but this is this is what he fights in now. Hmm. Like, that's a dapper. That's a dapper Cody now. That's a that is a government official. Yes, it is. But I I think one of his DLC costumes is the original. Uh, yeah, they have the original. I like to 
think that he still Costume. has his, his prison outfit underneath it. Like when he needs to, to <laughs> fight, he just one. rips off he rips off his government clothes and to reveal his prison outfit. Like that's his Superman suit is prison clothes. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of his costumes is he's got his knife, he's still in handcuffs, he's wearing a tank top and jeans. Like he can't so, he he's he's been on the inside for so long. He hasn't completely he's still having it. a hard time, you know, get you know, acclimating back into society. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm ready for the Fei Long announcement though. That's the guy that I want them to to bring over more than anything else. Yeah. I kinda wish that was Cody's story. Like he gets he finally gets exonerated and he has to like become a, a citizen again, but he's having a really hard time, so he's like the he's like the old dude from Shawshank Redemption that just can't take it. Right. <laughs> it just keeps on going back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah I, I think it's great that they're bringing back some of these alpha characters but I, I feel like they're really missing it with Fei Long because you need your I don't know of any character in the game that, that does the, the Jeet Kune Do Bruce Lee style um, and you need that in this I mean you, what's Street Fighter without Fei Long it's the reason I didn't play 4 yeah. no what's Long. most fighting games without a Bruce Lee Ish right, you character. have Jan Lee and, and Dead or Alive. Yeah, Luke you have Kang and Mortal Kombat. Luke Kang. You have Martial the, Law. Both. Yep. And his son. I mean, yeah. you have to. And then they made the Bruce Lee game, and you'd think, just go to one of these people who made fighting games. Yeah. UFC. And have them do it. Yeah. UFC straight yeah, up. Yeah, they UFC. just straight up put Bruce Lee in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I really want to play it just to play Bruce Lee, because I want to see <laughs> if they actually... Because I've read his books about... About the martial, art. I don't know. I mean, I can't do the martial art, but I've I've read his philosophies and stuff about how it should work, and and I really want to see if they captured that in the UFC fighting because yeah. I don't think that you can. I don't think that you can capture his fighting style in any game, but at least with like Fei Long or martial art or whatever, you know what they're going for. Yeah, um, we'll have to save that for the next episode like we missed we start we we didn't talk about ufc we got to get in because that's a fighting game we have to talk about the epic the epic lore of ufc you know and you're a wrestling fan aren't you very much so yes good so i can lay my head on the on the desk and let you just talk about wrestling for an hour oh that was that's very easy for me (laughs) because i don't i don't know the first thing hepper do you watch any wrestling not since i was a kid i used to play the games when i was younger and like i got stories for days on like the games when i was a kid but we can save that for the next episode where we talk about wrestling. Yeah, the last time I played a wrestling game was on uh, N64. It was crazy. So, like As much as I love watching wrestling, I haven't played a game. I think the last game that I bought was WWE 13 because they're all kind of terrible now. Yeah, I think the last so. one I played was uh, the one on the PSP where they introduced ECW into it. Oh, that was uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. Okay, then maybe so I went to two thousand eight. <laughs> well, what was what was the one called on N sixty four? That was were they still WWF at that point? Uh no, they were WWE because they they became WWF in two thousand two, or WWE in two thousand two, I should say. Okay, what what was the one that was on N sixty four? Uh, no mercy. Well, there was no mercy, which is kind of considered one of the greatest ever. And then before that, there was WrestleMania two thousand, which was the same game, like no mercy was made in the same engine and just kind of built upon what wrestlemania 2000 did um in terms of the wwf games there's also the really good wcw games like uh 
WCW versus NWO Revenge is a really good game and also is on, uses the same engine that those other WWF games later used. Yeah, it was the THQ ones. I think it was yeah. uh, WCW versus NWO. Yeah, been the Reven- one. Revenge, yeah. That's a good game. Or WrestleMania 2000 may have been the one. Yeah. I mean, they're all really good. I think cause, because yeah. they're all the same style, they just kept iterating on it and making it better as they went. So like by the time they got the yeah. No Mercy, it was like a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fantastic game. Um, but at that point, I wasn't watching wrestling, so I didn't know any of the characters. Mm. So I was just like, I'll pick this guy because he looks cool. Um, <laughs> in quotes. Um, but actually, I think it was in, in WCW, they still had uh, Razor... Razor Ramon? Uh, he was Scott Hall at that point, but yeah, same guy. Yeah, so I chose him because I, I knew Razor Ramon. Yeah. You know, like as stereotypical as you could get for for an Italian guy with his, <laughs> with I mean, his stubble. It, it, it was a st- <laughs> I mean, at least in WBF when he was Razor Ramon, it was just a straight-up Scarface gimmick. Like, that's what he was going for. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> I always had the toothpick. And- He's like, he called it, his nickname was The Bad Guy. <laughs> Yeah, and didn't like, and Jake hey, the Snake was around at that guy. point? I think they saw Jake the Snake, and I think the I think there was a, I think they had Sting in there pre Crow Sting, like Surfer Sting. Um, mm-hmm. They could use that that version mm-hmm. of Sting, and so those were the characters oh. I played the most. So that was a great one. Um, so we'll have to do a memory lane on some of these fighting games in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we covered the though the uh, for the most part fighting games have terrible stories, but as of late, as of probably the last two or three years, they've been getting better at them. Yeah, um, they're I guess starting with Mortal Kombat Nine was probably the yeah the first time that that they went pretty good with it. They're definitely better put together in terms of like how they're presented, like Mortal Kombat Nine yeah. in terms of like having that very like story like that campaign mode with like cutscenes and letting you like putting you in the shoes of different fighters which is also good for letting you try out different characters right um yeah like they kind of really revolutionized how a, how a fighting game story could be because i think before that it was never a real destination and then they made it like oh no i actually this is a legit th- like thing i want to do or partake in with this game and then, like, we've seen other fighting games since, like Street Fighter, Soul Calibur, Tekken, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z does it too. Like, they've all yeah. taken from that. So Yeah, so they're getting better. Yep. Good time for fighting game stories. Yeah, and it's, it's a good time for fighting games. There's plenty of great ones out there. Um, so, all right. Well, I want to thank Marcus for showing up. Very. He literally... He literally had uh, about two minutes notice before <laughs> before he jumped in. So yeah, he kept. He, thanks for showing up. He keeps me behind an emergency glass, and he just shattered it with his with the axe. Was, he's like, "We need, we need well, you now. Let's go." Yeah, the first time the first time we talked, we actually talked about you podcasting with us quite a bit. And then I was like, "Wait, this dude likes fighting games, and we're doing a fighting game podcast tonight. I should see if he's free." <laughs> and boom, there we go. Um, so yeah, so you'll hear Marcus more. I'm gonna push him into doing more podcasting as well because we need uh, we need more voice more voices. And of course, Chris, thank you for showing up again. He's been streaming with me all week, staying up late. Like we've been pulling triple duty, getting videos and voices out there. 
Um, Fuck, the other night I was up to 3.30 in the morning just streaming. Yeah, but we, wow. were, we were on a raft out in the ocean. No, we, we started on a raft, and then we went into a car oh, yeah. war. <laughs> well, the first night, though, we were just on the raft, and then yeah. the second night we started on a raft and then played Eternal all night. Um, yeah, I can't do those so 3.30 check minutes out, anymore, man. No, I can't either. Um, so follow us. Oh, go to Gaming Historia. Search God of War. You'll find that we're doing a giveaway for a physical copy of God of War in North America, as well as a ton of other games that we're going to give away. But there's some hoops you're going to have to jump through, of course. You need to follow us on Twitch, follow us on Twitter, all that stuff. All the info is in there. The big one, follow us on Twitch. We will. That That's the most important thing right now, because we are streaming quite a bit, and we'll stream stuff that you want to see. And we're going to do giveaways during our streams as more people show up so make sure you're following us on twitch you'll find all that on gaming astoria i'll put it in the show notes um where to go to find that article and then of course gaminghistoria.com twitter at gaming underscore astoria and um all the rest of the stuff you can find us just go to gaminghistoria.com everything's right there at the top the icon for each thing if you can't figure it out, you don't deserve to follow us. Is how I uh, figure it. <laughs> yeah, as heartless as that is, that is but heartless. Jesus Twitter, Twitter is the Twitter symbol. <laughs> Apple is the Apple symbol. Instagram's a you know, it's all exactly what it should be, and it links you directly to all the different places to find us and keep up with us. Review and like this podcast as well as Gaming Storia. If uh, if you liked it, give us a high rating. If you didn't, give us a bad rating, and then. Uh, that also gets you entered to win some games. And then uh, contact at GamingHistoria.com. If you guys want us to talk about something specific, email us and let us know. We are happy to do that. Um, cough, wrestling, cough. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Please don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, Marcus, you know wrestling's not real, right? Well, I think it's actually just the purest of all sports. <laughs> it's a, um, a true gentleman's game you know just is it though as a martial artist i will take offense to that i i mean <laughs> i question the, leg- the legitimacy of some martial arts i sometimes those punches don't look like they connect i think some of the storylines are a bit ridiculous in some of those tournaments um <laughs> <laughs> there there is one storyline in martial arts that is timeless which is the karate kid this, because this is true this is and cobra kai now and if you want to know our feelings on that, go back to Gaming Astoria where you get a preview of Chris and Andy's Excellent Adventure where we fangirl for almost two hours about Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid. It's um, a great segue, by the way. Yeah, it, and it wasn't even planned. Um, but it's it's fantastic. It's It was really a fun show to, to record. But go check that out. Of course, Patreon. Find that on the site as well. Humble Bundle, if you're going to buy some Humble, Humble Bundle stuff. Click our link. That way we get a little bit of a kickback. Doesn't cost you anything extra. It just helps our site. Helps us put food in everybody's mouths because we're really ramping up doing a lot more content. And then, again, this is the final thing. In August, Season 2 launches. End of June, Season 1 of the podcast ends. And that's for all our podcasts. And then in, in August, the regular podcasts that we record plus a lot more will show up. So... Make sure you stay tuned because we have a bunch of cool shit coming. Um, 
But I guess that's it. You guys have anything else you want to close out with? No. I guess it's you could say it's time to finish him. Ah, oh, Jesus. All right. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Now we're going to quiet. You may not hear Marcus ever again. We'll see. I got to think about it. <laughs> So, thank you again, Marcus and Chris. This has been a fun one. I didn't expect us to even get an hour out of this, and this is about what we got. Um, So, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk at you next week. All right. Good night.